Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know what time it is and you know where you are. My name is Tyler Schaff and I am the host of Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, I'm going to talk to you guys about, well, I'm going to talk about what I learned when I left the United States. That's right. Packed up my stuff, went to the airport, got my passport all situated, and I left the United States. That's right. Out of the U.S., south of the border, crossing into no man's land, going to a new country, learning new things, experiencing new things. Now, some of you are probably thinking, man, I knew that dude was up to something. He left the country. Maybe he was one of those people that said if Biden got elected, he'd leave the country. Who knows, right? Well, don't get too excited too quick. I came back. So, spoiler alert, I'm back. I'm back in the U.S. But while I was gone, I learned a lot of things. I always learn things when I travel. And I like to study different cultures and different folks, different types of people, uh, different ways of doing things. Every time I do that, I learn something new. And boy, did I get an education. So let me give you a little bit of backstory. My my wife, Jill, her dad and stepmom own a condo in Puerto Vallarta. And Puerto Vallarta, if you don't know, is in Mexico. It's on the Pacific Ocean, uh, right on the coast. Uh, real nice, anyway. And they own a condo there. And her stepmom is a travel agent. So we had, you know, carte blanche. We got our airfare. She did all the, you know, covered all the bases for us and told us what to do, what not to do, how to get through customs, the whole nine yards. And I got to tell you, one thing I noticed right away, uh, we flew out of Key West uh, down over to Atlanta, Georgia, got on a plane in Atlanta, Georgia, and flew to Mexico City. And we landed in Mexico City. Our flight landed late. And we almost missed our connecting flight. We didn't get into Puerto Vallarta until the middle of the night. And even though it was the middle of the night, that didn't matter. Mexican Customs was on their game. Man, they really put us through the ringer. Now, I will say they were very polite. They were very kind. But uh, they were making sure we were on the up and up. They wanted to make sure that we had our act together and uh, what we were doing there they wanted to have a lot of questions and of course there's a language barrier because i have a hard enough time speaking english let alone spanish so they asked a lot of questions we did a lot of paperwork we had to go through and whatnot it was not as easy as just showing up at the border and you know having uncle joe biden hand you a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar paycheck or whatever it was we actually had to work for it a little bit right so we get to the border we finally clear customs we got we got over uh we were in puerto Vallarta at this point we Managed to catch our flight, thank God, to Puerto Vallarta, which was another, about another hour, hour and a half flight out of Mexico City. And we land in Puerto Vallarta. Now, uh, my mother-in-law had said, listen, when you get there, be careful as far as the taxis go. Okay, uh, When you get to the airport, everybody wants to get you in their cab. In addition to the cabbies, there are private cars. And there are, we'll call them hucksters, is, is the way it was, you know. A lot of folks would think about it. That's not what my, my mother-in-law had said, but there's a lot of folks there. They're going to try to get you into a timeshare. If, and they'll give you a free ride to a resort if you just go hear their pitch, right? So they want, you save your money on cab fare, the whole nine yards. And her instructions were that we were to go past all those people trying to hawk things and sell us something and ignore them the best we can and get outside and look for somebody wearing an orange shirt and orange hat. Uh, what could, because what she had done is ordered private car service for us. So we could just have a private car, pick us up at the airport and bring us to the resort where we were staying. We were staying at the Hyatt, I believe it was. I don't remember now. Anyway. Um, so we get, we, 
not even outside yet. We're still trying to get outside at the airport. And this guy runs up and Jill's got, of course, her paperwork with our names on it in her hand. And this guy snatched the paperwork out of her hand. Well, needless to say, I, now you don't do that, play that game with me. And of course, I'll be honest with you, you don't play that game with her either. Sometimes uh, I, I fear for people when they do dumb stuff like that around her because she'll knock your head off. There's no doubt about it. But he, as soon as he grabbed it, he glanced at it, looked at her, looked at me, kind of looked a little sheepish when he realized that she was accompanied, and then handed back the paperwork to her and disappeared again. I mean, literally went the other direction. It's like, that was really weird. And then he looked back. He says, you need a ride, yeah? I'm like, well, no, we're all set, man. I said, we're good, we're good. So we get outside the door, and there's this little dude standing there, and he looks up, and he's an older guy, and he looked relatively you know, innocent. He goes, Mr. Sheaf. Okay, well, I've had this name, Tyler Chef, for a long time, and the one thing I've learned is that 95% of, them, of the people that I run across can't spell it, can't pronounce it. I mean, come on, guys, it's easy. S-H-E-F-F sounds just like it looks. It's so simple, nobody gets it. Anyway, so I just, I'm so used to it being mispronounced. I, of course, acknowledge, I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, you come, yeah, you go, come with us. And I'm thinking, okay. He had my name, and at the time, I didn't put two and two together, to be honest with you. I was tired. At best time, it's one in the morning. I'm exhausted. I just want to go to the hotel and go to bed, get a shower, go to bed. Well, since the guy knew my name, I figured that must be the one, and maybe he left his orange shirt at home. Maybe he was in his laundry. Who knows? So we get in this cab, and we pull. as soon as we pull out of the airport into, I'll call it the economy, into the world, he he says, uh, where you go? I'm like, well, you, if the Jill pipes up. She says, if you were, were our cabbie, if you were our private car, like you would acknowledge you were, you would know where we're going because we, you know, we'd already ordered this. So needless to say, we were, it was true. He had misled us and he was not the private car that was sent for us. He just basically skated a cab ride. And then the car service, of course, gets the shaft because they don't get to take us anywhere. It's, you know, it's kind of uncool initially. And I'll be honest with you, Jill and I were a little pissed off about it uh, because, A, it's a little scary coming into a foreign country where you don't speak the language in the middle of the night um, that is really into their immigration. They're really crystal clear on what they're doing and, who, and who's, who's coming to the country. And then you get in a, this strange vehicle cab with a guy that misled you and you're going off into the darkness. And it's like, oh, here we go. Won't this be a hoot, Right. So I, I gave him the address of where we were. I broke out Google Translate. We get to the resort, dropped us off. We were staying our, in our room, and we thought about it. We went up to the room and then um, got cleaned up a little bit before bed, and we were talking about it. And really, we, we're both serial entrepreneurs, Jill and I both. And we both own businesses. She owns a business, and I own a business, and we own businesses together. So we're serial entrepreneurs. We're motivated people. We don't sit in our asses, I'm sure you can imagine, and, and wait for things to happen. We go out and get them. That's how we've been successful. We don't know something. We read a book on it, uh, watch a YouTube video, find someone that's good at it. That's just how we roll. That's how we both roll. Jill was like that before she met me, so I can't take any credit for her. She just came squared away with that, like that. And I thought, you know, at the end, that's common sense. It really is. I mean, do I deserve a pat on the back for taking the steps to learn what I don't know and then doing it? No, not really. Cause it's just what you should do. It's what a good human does. It's just common sense and the same for Jill. So I started thinking more about it and I changed my mindset and actually so did she. Yes, we were a little annoyed, but I really respect their degree of entrepreneurship, their zeal for capitalism. These guys, 
And I was talking to my mother-in-law about it. I said, uh, you know, I was chuckling by this point. It's the next day and we're having margaritas and watching the sunset the next day or having breakfast. I think it was having breakfast. Yeah. Having breakfast. And, uh, sitting there shooting the suit, shooting the breeze. And, um, I said, you know, I, I respect the fact that these guys work so hard to bring money home to their families. And she goes, yeah, she goes, the big difference between here and America is this is not a welfare state. In other words, in the country of Mexico, there is no welfare system. Okay. If you want to eat, you want a bowl of rice today, you want to meat, pork, eggs, whatever you want. You want to go have a glass of tequila? And guess what you got to do? You got to get off your ass and go to work and earn money to pay for it. Or some in your family has to do that. But the government's not going to hand you a meal. Nobody's going to take care of you in Mexico. You've got to take care of yourself. As a matter of fact, if you want to become a Mexican citizen or a dual citizen or a permanent resident of Mexico as a U.S. citizen, and my in-laws had just gone through this process, uh, you have to prove that you are financially solvent, that you can afford to support yourself, that you are not going to try to suck off the economy or off the, the government to take care of you. And I started thinking about it. And Jill and I have been looking at dual citizenship opportunities because, frankly, uh, we're not happy with what's going on in America. I think that our country is turning into a disgusting train wreck, and I'm sick and tired of all the drama that's going on. And we're looking for other options, to be perfectly honest, to maybe spend part of the year in a different, out of the country to go someplace different. I got a friend of mine, Billy Keels. He's over in Barcelona, Spain. He loves it over there. And, of course, every country has its issues. But, you know, when things are going crazy like they are, and I don't know what the hell is going on with this extreme leftism stuff, uh, this critical race theory thing, it's like I don't – you know, I, every time I think it can't get any stranger, it gets ten times stranger. So we've been looking for other options. And one thing I see over and over again is all of these countries, every country I've looked into applying for dual citizenship or getting a passport for has a requirement where they vet you financially. You can't just show up at their border and knock any knock, let me in, give me a sandwich and uh, something to drink. Nowhere in the world does that happen. Okay. It just doesn't happen. And a lot of borders, they will shoot your ass if you show up and you don't belong there. You're some sort of refugee. But good old US of A, we not only bring people across the border illegally so they'll vote, we hand them 425000 or 450000 because we wronged them because we didn't let them in. We didn't allow them to violate our laws, so we're going to pay them. I, I don't understand the logic in that. And I started thinking about this whole thing. And then the trip went on. It was a great trip. Don't get me wrong. And everywhere... We went every restaurant we went to every bartender or waiter or waitress that served us, everybody we encompassed, every cab driver. First of all, folks are very super positive. Okay. Super positive. What I realized what happened at the airport was the one guy radioed to the other guy, our names, his old job was to grab that sheet of paper, figure out the name, call ahead so they could pull a wool over our eyes and make us think that there was a car waiting for us. Okay, fine. You caught me. But at the end of the day, that guy, nobody's giving him a free ride. There's nobody out there going to send him a welfare check. He's actually got to get off his ass and figure out a way, be innovative, figure out a way to bring food home to his family. I respect that. I don't like the deception part. I'll be perfectly honest. I don't believe that deception is is ideal. Uh, but I do respect his motivation for figuring it out so that he can make get a meal. And, you know, he looked a little disheveled and whatnot, and maybe he, maybe the guy's having a tough time. Bottom line is, he didn't steal from me. He didn't take advantage. He didn't rip me off. He didn't hurt us. 
in, we weren't in fear, nothing like that. So I'm not going to sit there and, and freak out about it. I'm not going to call anybody. I'm not going to rat him out or, or call his company. And Jill's not going to put on her Karen hat and be a bitch and, and try to get him in trouble or anything like that. Instead, we shifted our mindset that these folks are whatever it takes. You think Grant Cardone is about 10x. Mexican people are about 10x. I started thinking about it. I've traveled around the world. Uh, when I was in the Army, the Army sent me all over the world. When I worked for NOAA, NOAA sent me all over the world. I've traveled there for different jobs that I've had all over different countries. I've been through customs more times than I could count. And I see the same thing over and over again. Why is everyone else in all these other countries work so hard? And they're not entitled to anything. Yet in this country, you got some joker who wants to learn how to do real estate. He takes what he perceives to be the easy way, becomes a wholesaler. And then he uses deception as a means to try to make a buck. And when he makes a buck, dude doesn't even take money home to, to mama. He goes out to the club and buys crystal and drives a car with rims that cost more than my Jeep cost. You see, because unfortunately in this country, we've become spoiled. Last couple generations, I don't know what the hell went wrong. I don't know if it's mainstream media, social media, and this is not a rant and a complaint. But you got to ask yourself, if you're not where you are in your life, how, how many of you listening to my voice right now are blaming something else for being the problem? For example, I hear lots of people all the time reach out and go, Tyler, I don't have any money. And if I could just do a little bit of one real estate deal, it would change everything. And then the next thing is they're begging me for free access to one of my courses or they want to take part in my coaching or they want me to introduce them to Larry Harbolt or Peter Fortunato so they can suck off of them and do things, uh, get things for free from one of these guys. And it's just, it doesn't make sense because here's the thing. If you're so messed up, you're broke. As I'd said a few episodes ago, real estate isn't your game. If you're having a tough time financially, if you're, if you're not the type of person that has the ability to earn and you're not, you don't have the wherewithal to go out and go out, get after it before you get into real estate. Dude, real estate's going to eat you up, spit you out. Okay. You're going to get crushed in the, in this industry. This industry is for people that want to work. Now that said, the people that, that go out there and do the right thing and add value and they're wholesalers, whatever they put out great deals for their investors. They're honest about the issues with the property or issues with the title. They, help sellers out of unfortunate situations. They don't do bait and switch stuff with paperwork. They don't play games with title insurance. They don't feel the need to double close because they give so much value. Nobody gives a damn if they're making 50 grand on the deal, hundred grand on the deal. It doesn't matter because the buyer is still getting a great deal. Nonetheless, see in another country, you'd be applauded for making 150,000 on a wholesale transaction. But in this country, you're kind of a scumbag. That's part of the problem, guys. We got to change our mindset as real estate investors, you absolutely have to have a massive, massive mind shift change, mind shift change. Okay. You got to look at things from a different angle. You got to maybe, maybe spend some time this year. Go take a trip to Mexico. Pay attention. Go take a trip to hell. I don't know. Canada. Maybe Canada is a bad example, but Mexico, any one of the Caribbean islands, those folks work. They're out there chopping coconuts, hauling garbage, digging ditches, whatever it takes to make themselves successful. And here's the, I got news for you. Nothing that I do, and I mean nothing I do, is rocket science. It's a fact. I'm not some whiz kid mathematician. I am not some Excel spreadsheet guru. 
I don't have an accounting degree. I didn't even go to college. And I barely graduated high school because I was too busy chasing girls and smoking pot as a kid to, to even bother barely, you know, doing well in school. You look at my grades from high school. A couple of years ago, I pulled my transcripts for something I was doing. I don't remember what it was. And I was just mortally embarrassed by my grades. I was a terrible student back then. But you know what? I had a different mindset. And if I can change, I know you can change. Okay? I know you can change. I know that anybody can do what I do that has the gumption to do it. I know that if you, you, you're having a tough time, maybe you're that airline pilot who's so busy flying planes, you don't have time to go out and find a deal. Well, you know what? There's solutions for that. It's called Key West Cash Flow. It's called getting involved in our fund. Talk to my partner. Go to keywestcashflow.com forward slash call. Book a call with us. You can retire. You can build your nest egg. You can earn a profit. It's absolutely possible, but you have to take the first step. Now, I hear people going, well, I'm not going to invest with anybody else because I want to make keep all the money for myself, and yet they don't even do anything for themselves. They don't take a course. They don't hire a coach, a mentor, nothing like that. They don't even go to the library and get a book, but they feel miraculously somehow they're going to figure this stuff out. Maybe they'll sign up for one of these guru courses and they'll send a couple of mailings of direct mail to max out their credit card. And that's that, but that's not how it goes guys. When you do this, you got to commit. Okay. You got to say to yourself, no matter what, I'm going to pull this off. If, if you are a, a, an attorney or a pilot, uh, airline pilot, or I don't care if you're a neurological neurological surgeon and you want to make it in this business or in your own business, you want to be the best surgeon on the planet and, and money stands in your way. There's a million different ethical ways to get money guys. You know, maybe sometimes there's the, the doctor has to go out and deliver pizzas while he's getting working his way through med school. Because guess what? He wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth, or she wasn't born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Maybe mommy and daddy don't have that trust fund set up for them. But I'm here to tell you that none of the successful people, when I think about all the people that you might also think about that are uber successful, they didn't really do anything epic to get there, except for, be willing to get uncomfortable and be willing to learn. And that is the core principles that you just got to get behind to get to where you want to go. I know I spend a lot of time around pilots. I enjoy pilots. They think like I do. We're all engineer brains, right? I want the facts. I want the details. These guys, they'll, they'll lose their marbles if their landing is terrible, but they'll go out and do a lousy deal. They'll, they'll pay $300,000 for a duplex that rents for 500 bucks a month and never admit that they did a crappy deal because they're just not simply willing to admit that they have didn't do it right and they blew it. They think that it's a sign of weakness to invest with other people to ask for help. There's no logic in that, guys. And if you're an attorney or you're a doctor or you're a high net worth individual and you're afraid to ask for help, that tells me you're an employee and you're not an entrepreneur and you don't have the entrepreneurial mindset because entrepreneurs know that the only way you get to extreme wealth, to uber wealth, to really become wealthy is to admit that you need help, that you got to team up. When I first came down to Key West, see, I've had a lot of doors slammed in my, in my face over the years. Coming down to Key West, and you talk about good old boy network, I implore any of you to get on the phone and try to put a deal together that'll stick in Key West. It won't work. Because if you don't work, if you don't live here, if they don't see you, 
in Old Town, if they don't see you walking down the side streets, and nobody knows who you are in a town like this, you're not going to get very far. Which is why I packed up my family and moved to Key West. So that I could go out and put deals together and get to talk to people. I've joined the Chamber of Commerce. I've done... I've been to the, the city council meetings, code enforcement, planning division. I just became, uh, got just joined the Key West ambassador program where I get to be taken around by city leaders and introduced to every single uh, entity in the city and, and really truly learn how the city of Key West works. I've been doing that now for quite a while, but I'm going to deep dive in this program. It's a volunteer program in the city of Key West. I'm doing it because I in, I'm going to be, a bigger, badder real estate investor because I'm going to take down some big deals. Guys, last week I was walking a property. It's beautiful, beautiful property. More, It costs more money than I can even imagine. I still, to this moment when I'm underwriting it, keep leaving off a damn zero because I can't believe it's like $18 million. It's nuts, $18 million, guys. But you know what? The only difference between an eighteen million dollar asset and a hundred and four hundred and eighty thousand dollar asset is a couple of zeros. Really, is what it comes down to. You put the right people in place to run things, and these are what they call mixed use assets. Okay, so some of them there's we 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 own the land where there are restaurants, we own the land where there's bars, we own the land where there's B and Bs or guest houses, maybe retail frontage self-storage, stuff like that. I don't have to know how to run all those businesses, but what I do have to know is how to find the people that will help me keep these places leased up, that will show me how to add value to the tenants so that they stay long-term, put the right team in place to help me navigate corporate leases and things like that, such that myself and the people that work with me, my investors, are handsomely rewarded for taking a chance, for getting uncomfortable, for making it happen. And ladies and gents, that's how it gets done, stepping outside of yourself. Nobody ever got to where they wanted to be by remaining comfortable. Jeff Bezos founded Amazon. Sure, he's a, I don't even know how many billions of dollars he's got now, but people actually hate him because he's successful. It blows my mind how someone could hate another human because they're successful. It doesn't make sense. Bill Gates, I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. It doesn't really matter. I've never met him, probably will never meet him. It's not my place to judge. He's got a foundation. I know he does a lot of good charity work around the world. Richard Branson, founder of Virgin, right? I don't know if he's a good guy, bad guy, or indifferent, but I know he's taking bold steps. Elon Musk. Here's a guy, I don't even think he, he spoke the language at one point, or barely did. But he, they get uncomfortable and they take massive action, right? They want to learn how to do something. You want to learn how to build an electric car? Well, it starts by learning a little bit about batteries and electric Maybe learning about solar energy, learning how to harness the power of lithium ion, putting it into a battery. Want to learn how to build a car, how to build a transmission, how do door locks work? Guess what? There's books for that. There's videos for that. There are people for that. There are coaches for that. Mike and I, my partner, we just put together a world-class marketing team. We got some of the best people, marketing, accounting, otherwise, management on our team down here. It's unbelievable. We've hired people from around the country to help us manage these assets. We're looking at a, one property that, that includes a nightclub, a bar, very successful one here in Key West. So we're hiring a manager, an experienced manager to run it for us. Because you know what? Neither one of us have experience running a bar. But we do have experience with leases and leasing out properties. 
And at some point, we're going to lease that asset to someone and make a very nice, tidy income once we close on it. Now, I do have experience running Airbnbs and guest houses and long-term rentals, and for that, no problem. I can put policies in place and train people. But there's a lot of elements of every deal, things that I've never done before that I've learned over the years how to handle. When we were in Mexico, we got a call from one of our vacation rental tenants, or a text rather, late at night that they opened, they checked in, and the floors were soaking wet. Well, a water heater, a pipe melted, a piece of CPVC, and blew water everywhere. But, you know, we have systems in place for that. So the system is we notify a company called SurfPro. SurfPro sends a team out there. We've had this happen at another unit uh, that we own in the area. The same technician came out. He knows us. He also knows that Uncle Tyler gives him a great tip when he gives great service. So he was Johnny on the spot. He got it done, made it happen. Here's the deal. I don't have to know how to replace a water heater. I know how to replace one, but it's not a requirement because I got a plumber that'll do that at 3 in the morning. So I can go back to bed and I got a, a, a water mitigation specialist that'll come out there and suck all the water out of the thing and test the walls of the moisture meter. I got a drywall guy and a handyman that can get over the next morning and open up those walls. I can turn an apartment around so fast your head will spin. I learned that in Memphis. People used to destroy our apartments in Memphis all the time. I could turn an apartment in 48 hours from the time it was a heaping pile of poop to ready to go fresh paint 48 hours for a shockingly low amount of money because we built systems and teams. I learned this by reading books. I've read every book I think that Amazon sells on owning, buying, and financing and underwriting single-family, multifamily, mobile home parks. Now I'm learning about bars and restaurants. Don't want to own a bar or restaurant, but I'm perfectly fine owning the real estate and being the landlord. But I want to learn how the businesses work. I want to learn who, what experts I need And how I'm going to plug them in to help me build the business so the investors and I and Mike can reap the rewards. When I was in Mexico, I felt like a fool because I didn't speak Spanish. Now, I wasn't hard on myself. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like I have a responsibility when I'm in someone else's house to learn to be able to effectively communicate with them. And when I'm in Mexico, damn it, I'm going to learn how to speak Spanish. So I pulled out my Babbel app. You know, the one I bought four years ago and never opened up, kind of like the real estate courses maybe sitting on your shelf. And I sat down and I listened to that app and I started reading and paying attention and doing the quizzes. And then I downloaded the Google Translate app. And then I made sure that I sat in the front seat with the cab driver and I tried to carry on a conversation the best I could. And sometimes I sounded like a babbling idiot, probably most of the time. My wife got a kick out of it. That's all that matters. But, you know, these guys and girls that I was trying to communicate with appreciated that I was trying to learn their language, that I'm not the typical gringo who talks loud because talking loud somehow makes you speak better Spanish. I don't understand how that is. Um, But instead, I want to blend in. I want to learn what's going on in the community and be part of it. That's what we're doing down here in Key West. And Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what your dreams are, what your goals are. You want to escape the rat race. You want to get a different job, you want to get your degree, you want to help your parents live a good life because they helped you live a good life, whatever it is, you can reach it. You can absolutely get there. Imagine if America had the same nationwide beliefs and work ethic that other countries do. And we used to at one time. And I do believe that someday we'll get back there. But in the meantime, set the example. 
If you're going to go out there and you've been thinking about buying a property, you've been thinking about writing a contract on something, print off a copy of that contract, type it out, get your signature on it, figure it out. It's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay to learn. You don't have to look good. You cannot learn. Jay Massey taught me that. You cannot learn and look good at the same time. So roll up your sleeves, get excited, get intentional, and make stuff happen. Ladies and gentlemen, make stuff happen. That's what's going to get you over the line. Think about people like Grant Cardone, laugh if you will, but that old boy was a drug addict, and he's a billionaire. He's a little guy. He's a short guy, drug addict. Dad either died or ran out on whatever it was, but no matter what, he got off his ass and he made it happen. Jeff Bezos started Amazon in a garage. Microsoft started by Bill Gates and his partner in a garage. And now look at them. Now they're out there doing good work and they're helping other people. And I believe all of you have the same opportunities in front of you guys. Let's take some action. I'll catch up with you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.